Welcome to Treasures from the Bible. I'm Lizzie Matthews. Today, our story takes us to the famous prison called The Rock on Alcatraz Island near San Francisco, where we'll be learning the meaning of the phrase, I thirst. So grab your Bibles and join us. near Pier 1. Remember that, Jacob and Sarah. And slow down. You can't run or we'll lose you. That's right, Jacob and Sarah. Are we almost there? I'm tired. We have a long ways to walk. We're at Pier 1 now, and the ferry to Alcatraz, the rock, is at one of the piers before Pier 39. Pier 39 is where we'll eat lunch after our visit to the National Park. Then further on from there is the Ghirardelli Chocolate Ice Cream Parlor. Mmm, that sounds good. I have one of Family Radio's latest books with me. We are almost there. Since this week's memory verse says, I thirst, and that is one of Jesus' seven sayings on the cross, I thought we could look at page 48 of We Are Almost There. Sure, Mr. Gunther. There it states, that the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles is October 21st, 2011. Jesus is bringing a message, and it is during the Feast of Tabernacles. In John 7, 37 to 38, we read, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Does this verse have any connection to the Feast of Tabernacles that occurs in October of 2011? Yes, it does have a connection, although it is not an easy one to understand. We must remember that the Feast of Tabernacles, or really the Feast of the Bible, has two fulfillments. It is occurring right now in this period of latter rain during the Great Tribulation. We see it happening as God is opening our eyes to have a much clearer understanding of His Word so that the salvation message we teach, which is the living water of the Gospel, is altogether faithful to the Bible. Thus the Bible is exalted. This has not been the case throughout the Church Age. Although this feast of the law of God will be celebrated when the rapture happens, which is when all the true believers are caught up to be with Christ and have their salvation completed. In other words, at that time the true believers are eating and drinking at the marriage feast of the bride and the lamb. On the other hand, the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles is also the day when God completely destroys everything on planet Earth and in this universe. 
which includes all those who are unsaved. They are totally destroyed. Both events, the final feast and the final destruction, are happening at the same time. It is when all of God's promises and judgments will have been entirely accomplished and shown to be perfectly completed. In these two ways, the Bible is being glorified and celebrated. Grandpa, remember how you said that Moses smote the rock twice in the wilderness and water came out of the rock for the people's thirst? Yes, Sarah. In fact, in Nehemiah 9.15 says, And gave us them bread from heaven for their hunger, and brought us forth water for them out of the rock for their thirst and promised them that they should go in to possess the land which thou had sworn to give them. I'm thirsty, Grandpa. Can I get a nice coffee? That will wake me up. We'll see where we can get one, Jacob. Why don't you read John chapter 4, verse 14. Where are all these flies coming from? They are all flies that like the seaweed. Uh, you know, we forgot to buy insect repellent, didn't we? Go ahead and read, Jacob, will you please? All right, John 4:14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up to everlasting life. Jesus is the walk, right, Grandpa? That's right, Sarah. In 1 Corinthians 10:4, we learn, and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And in Numbers chapter 20 and verse 11, we find these words, And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their beasts also. I remember we learned that Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world and he suffered twice, once before or away from the foundation of the world to pay for the sins of all the elect people and then on the cross where he demonstrated this. Similarly, Moses smote the rock twice. Here's a place to get something to drink. Jacob, how about a smoothie? Can I have an iced coffee, please? I'm sorry, but we like don't have any iced coffees, but we have like cappuccinos. Please, Grandpa, can I have a cappuccino? Oh, I suppose so. We'll have one cappuccino and one smoothie. That's for you, Sarah. What would you like to drink, Mo? I'll have a bottle of water, please. Thank you. Add on one bottle of water and another smoothie, please. Good thing you brought those granola bars, Mo. We can have those for a snack. Alcatraz is commonly known as the Rock. Here, famous prisoners such as Al Capone and the Birdman were held prisoners. You can take the audio tour and see the prison cells. Did you hear that, Grandpa? We're on the Rock, and we're talking about Jesus, who is called the Rock. That's right, Sarah. Jesus satisfies our thirst with everlasting life. But on this Rock, the prisoners got a hold of guns and killed some prison guards because they had nothing to live for but life in a damp cell. 
within view of the city of San Francisco. But although they could hear the sounds of the city, no one could swim across the one and a quarter mile of freezing cold waters to safety, even if they could break out, which was said for a while to be impossible. This audio tour is taking us to different locations within the prison and giving us more information about them. ride up to see the cells? Jacob, you're still tired even after drinking that cappuccino? Just my legs are tired, Mo. Mo, can you carry me? Okay, Sarah. Hop up on my shoulders. What's that? That's a pit where they held you if you were a prisoner and you didn't behave. This was only used during the Civil War era, though, before the prison existed. Grandpa, didn't General Myers sink inside of a pit? That's right, Sarah. Let me open up my Bible. We'll pause here for just a couple of minutes. Let's see, Jeremiah 38.6, I believe. Yes, it says, Then took they Jeremiah and cast him into the dungeon of Malchiah, the son of Hamelech, that was in the court of the prison. And they let down Jeremiah with cords. And in the dungeon there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. You know, that makes me think of Psalm 69.2, which is a messianic psalm that talks about Jesus on the cross. It says, I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. A little later in that psalm, we read in verse 21, They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. That's one of the seven saints on the cross, right, Grandpa? Jesus said I thought. That's right, Sarah. Then later in John 19:34, we read something that reminds me of the water that came out of the rock that Moses smote twice in the wilderness. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. This is really neat. It's like looking back in time into the lives of these men that used to live here. Yes, I've been looking at Jeremiah chapter 34. It's curious that we are at that time in history when we are right at the very end and God is revealing many of the details to us. Well, that's even better than listening to this recording and looking at the prison cells of things that happened in the past. Here we are at cell number 31. Is everyone at the same place in the recording? I don't know. Mo, can you listen to my tape? Oh, Sarah, you are only at cell number 24. They are talking about how the prisoners felt like they were only a number and not a real person. Let's pause until Sarah's tape is caught up to ours. Speaking of numbers, I want to talk about numbers for just a second. When we go to the World Almanac, and of course that's not the Bible, but nevertheless it is part of our factual information that is based on careful record keeping. So the Almanac's records show that by the year 2011, the population of the world is going to be very close to 7 billion. Hmm, 
Seven is the number of perfection. Did that come accidentally that Christ is returning just at a time when the world's population is estimated to be 6.7 billion? I understand that at the rate it is going, in another two and a half years, it will be very close to 7 billion. I don't know, Mo. It sure sounds like it isn't an accident, but that God planned it that way from the beginning. The Almanac also keeps track of all the religions of the world. It indicates that there are about two billion people who claim to be Christians and who claim to have a relationship with Christ. Two billion is two thousand millions. That's how many people claim to be Christians? That's right, Jacob. And now, when we go to the Bible, the Bible has something to say. The Bible tells us in Revelation 9.16 that there are about 200 million people who were elected or chosen of God. That is 10% or one-tenth of two billion. Are people that claim to be Christians but really aren't spiritually dusty like these prisoners that murdered people and cheated on their income tax? Yes, Sarah, they didn't have the water of Jesus to satisfy them. Okay, I've got Sarah up to speed with our recording. We're all at cell number 34 now. See the toilet in the bed? My recording says the library. Is everyone's tape at the library? Great. Now my tape started back from the beginning. Do you mind if we pause for a few minutes? Sure, Mo. We'll pause until you catch up to the part about the library where prisoners could check out books. Grandpa, didn't the prisoners check out Bibles from the library? I doubt that many of them did, Sarah. But nowadays, prisoners can listen to family radio and order Bible material to study from the Family Radio School of the Bible. Some turn to the Bible in desperation as they listen to family radio. And once God saves a person, they continue in the Word, just like Jesus said. When this prison was opened, did people in the churches know the true gospel? The more I read the Bible, Sarah, and the more I try to get information from the historical record of the dealings of the church, and look at the kind of gospel that they were presenting and so on, I'm becoming more and more convinced that the number of people who became saved before our day, the time of the Great Tribulation, was very small. How small? I think that a number like 7,000 that did not bow the knee to Baal that we read about in the days of King Ahab of Israel was a big number. I think the 3,000 of Acts chapter 2 was a very unusual and special number to introduce the beginning of the church age. Okay, my tape is caught up. What were you talking about, Mr. Gunther? We were talking about the numbers of people that were truly saved in past history. For instance, if we look at Christ's preaching in Capernaum, we find virtually nobody became saved. And how many Israelites that came out of Egypt actually made it into the land of Canaan. Most of the people perished. Why did they perish, Grandpa? They perished because of unbelief, Sarah. We have Joshua and, of course, Moses and Miriam and Aaron are named, and Caleb was named. But basically, we do not find anybody else. 
that was a high point in the history of Israel because they were going into the promised land. They had been on Mount Sinai where the law had been given. They had seen Moses come down with his face shining so brightly because he had been in the presence of God so that he had to cover his face with a veil. They had drunk the water from the rock. They had seen miracle after miracle like the parting of the Red Sea, and yet virtually nobody was saved. Whoa, they drank water from the rock, Grandpa? You mean they drank from Jesus? Yes, that is the way it was with national Israel, and for most of the past 13,000 years. On the other hand, we see the mercy of God. We do not have to think that all the people of the world that heretofore died unsaved are going to be under the wrath of God's punishment in a burning hell forevermore, as we previously had thought. Thanks, Mr. Gunther, for dinner at Pier 39. I see the Ghirardelli chocolate and ice cream parlor up ahead. And then are we almost home? I'm so tired. Can you carry me, Mo? Okay, Sarah, up you go. Well, boys and girls, it looks like we've come to the end of another program. We hope you enjoyed it. For a free audio CD of today's program, please refer to Treasures from the Bible and Care Family Radio, Oakland, California, 94621, USA. Be sure to include the title of today's program, Thirsty at the Rock. May God richly bless you with his salvation. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week when we'll learn something new or old from the Bible. Bye.